those who were involved in making it come to life. Join us as we go. Behind the door. Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Door. This is the Grey Rooms podcast. Today we are on Season 2, Episode 7, The Grey Friars Transcript. Today we are with author Gary Bowler. Hello. We are with actor Alistair Mackey. Hello. And we are with producer extraordinaire Jason Wilson. What's up? (laughs) And I'm social media and Patreon manager Brooks Bigley. So gentlemen this was an epic tale of a commute gone wrong yes it was gary tell us tell us all about this gary this story was fantastic what inspired this gosh um i thought about you guys in the states but over in england back in the like the late 80s early 90s um i wouldn't say for alistair actually because in scotland it's used to show videos to schools you know of uh, railway danger you know, so mm-hmm. you go into school and you'd sit in the assembly hall and all the kids would be there and they'd show you, we like one of those old sort of box televisions and they'd show you a video on uh, railway safety, you know, keep up, basically keep away from the railways, keep away from the overhead cables. And man, they were scary. I, I don't know if you've ever seen them. <laughs> 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 They're absolutely terrifying. You know, some of the practical effects were horrible, but um, that kind of gave me a slight fear of the railway lines and the railways in general. And uh, it wasn't often that I'd get an opportunity to actually travel by rail until I was a little bit old. Even at the time, you know, young adults or early 90s, late 90s. You know, there's something, I don't know, just deep within me that quite like unnerved me a little bit about it. I think the, the origin mm-hmm. of the Grey Fries transcript kind of came from that. Um, yeah. Interesting. Was there a rash of people being hit by trains or getting hurt on the rails of trains that you even needed to have those videos made? Um, I don't know. In all honesty, I think it was just like a government incentive. Maybe it was. Maybe it was happening at the time. You know, um, a lot of the lines around me. So, there's a video of that they were worse than the horror films that you, you know, the, especially when you, <laughs> especially in consider the time, I was probably like, what, eight, nine, ten years old, maybe? And they were showing you so oh, yeah. full on, you know, you could see the build up to it happening, you know, and you knew what was going to happen. And a lot of the kids just sat there with like, <laughs> like their, their hands over their eyes, you know? Um, yeah. And there was something really, you know, I find there's something really kind of weird and creepy about railway lines and railway stations. You know, you kind of stood there and you know that death's like about five or six feet away potentially. And there's the whole thing about right, there's right. the whole thing about the third rail as well. I used to you know the third rail. I wouldn't know what a third rail looked like. Well apparently that's the electrified one. But if you stand on a railway line and it happens to be a mm-hmm. third rail, that's you dead basically. <laughs> so it was, it was all kind of around that really. Um and then when it came to actually writing the Great Friars bit, I was, um, I, it was a previous job where I used to do a lot of traveling around uh, Great Britain, travel as far north as Aberdeen, 
down as far south as uh, London. And um, I got on a train to um, up to Edinburgh. And mm-hmm. I wrote the story basically in what, the first draft for it anyway, in just one sitting. Um, just sort of sat there and, and laid down freehand in a notebook. So that's where the grade prize transcript kind of came from. Have you ever fallen asleep on a train yourself while commuting? Oh, often. I kind of set the alarm on my phone now. Five thirty trains stops, and you know they've <laughs> been well on their way to London. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I took a train yeah. from uh, California to Nebraska, where I live, and it was uh it was one of those Zephyrs, and our, our engine broke down, and they gave us a, uh, they took our, uh, the, the speedy train, and they put a, uh, um, gosh dang it, what's it called, just a regular engine, like a normal train that pulls coal and all that stuff, and they <laughs> drug us through the uh, mountains, and we actually passed Donner Pass and all that stuff, and I remember sitting in the uh, the uh, um, observation car, and it was just, actually, you know, there's something freaky about riding in a train, because that thing's constantly swaying, and it just, mm. I don't, yeah, it's just. I won't never do it again, ever. <laughs> Especially now. Thanks, Gary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> no, I, I've never liked it either. And there's also the invasion of personal space as well. Someone sits right next to you. And, you know, I mean, I mean trains are a lot better than it used to be, I guess. Well, that said, we, we still have overcrowding. You, know, you probably have to sit in the stage, you know, particularly this, you get the train and more often than not, you're standing. Um, but yeah, right. I, I, I don't know. There's just something about trains and train stations nerving a little bit. I think. Yeah. Well, so Alistair, as an actor, what like what did you do? I don't know if you could say to prepare for the role. You didn't go ride a bunch of trains or anything. <laughs> how how did you kind of or did he figure out the tone? Or, or did he? How did you how did you figure out like the tone for your character? Because you. You did a fantastic job, like bringing us along with you through this experience on the train. What, what did you do to prepare for that? Uh, well, honestly, I used to drive. I used to get the train all the time because I used to. I used to live in London, and I used to commute about an hour and a half in the morning and an hour and a half in the evening on the tube, which is probably the most cramped train that we have in Britain, where other people's elbows and armpits are in your eye, um, and you try and read a book six inches away from your face just to pass the time. So trains have trains have never actually really bothered me because I got used to them. But uh, I personally am not a wonderful flyer, mm-hmm. um, so I sort of tried to channel that experience. Now I, I used to fly quite a bit um, in my twenties when I was working abroad, and it never sat well with me. That always gave me like a little bit of anxiety, kept me a little bit on edge, even though I knew mm-hmm. it was statistically pretty safe. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So I was I was sort of trying to channel that just general unease of there being sort of not, not necessarily something wrong, um, but that something could go wrong. Um, and that right. something we, we know something has gone wrong with this method of transport before. Um, but I'm trying to push it out of my mind, trying not to think about it. Um, so I, I deliberately actually didn't take too much, um, Sort of too many wild decisions with the way I recorded the vocals. I actually wanted to keep them quite focused and quite relatively monotone um, throughout right, the whole right. process, as if he was trying to 
distract himself from everything that was going on and right. just trying to like someone who was trying to go through something that they have a, already got a fear from without the addition of the supernatural. Um, right. Can, can I just have thought of this? I mean, you're going to say it's obviously not. I did genuinely feel it was a, a set you on Twitch at the time, Master. It was a really good tone for the story. Um, it felt very gritty and, and grey and dark and very, very British, I think. <laughs> obviously, because all the actors are kind of British um, within the story, but it, it, it felt like some sort of BBC melodrama or something, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, and I was kind of interested to sort of um, see what the, the, top of the American audience kind of thought about that, because, you know, it's probably just come, like, come out of the blue, this sort of that grey British, um, very dark, very gritty sort of episode. Yeah, I and I I agree with you as well. I mean, I'm interested. It's a it's not an accent that often gets represented. I would say across the pond. Mm-hmm. Um, so I w- I too was interested to see sort of what the American reaction was from our fan base over there and from from you guys as to the, that specific accent of sort of the middle of the UK. You don't tend to get the middle of the UK represented very much. You tend to get sort of the south where you have the traditional BBC English accents, and then you have up north where you have um, sort of Scotland uh, yeah. and across the water to Ireland as well, but in in the middle, it's uh, it w- was it distinguishable as, as something different as an act. Absolutely, yeah. it's probably the American guys, but for me, you know, it's, I think it's used like Sean Bean, it reminded me of Sean Bean and Sharp or something. It was cool. It was kind of you know, it, it sort of fitted the story really, really well. But yeah, what, what do you, the American guys think? Well, I, I think like at you know my American ear, what it heard is that I wouldn't be able to say, oh, you, you sound like you're from this area versus from over in this area. But I honestly think that um, it was a very pleasing accent. Like I enjoyed just hearing you talk almost into the realm of like, hey, I'd love to hear Alistair narrate the back of a recipe using that voice. You know, like <laughs> it was a very, it, it worked very well with the story and it was pleasing to hear. And also, I think maybe Americans tend to think that, you know, British people are so much more just serious. So your tone throughout the story, I felt like, showed that you were a very measured person that like, you know, you meet this 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 weird looking ticket taker, but you're not like freaking out like maybe in America with like, oh my God, he's going to kill me or like, you know, having all these crazy thoughts after the ticket taker's gone. You're just very measured and just... You're just very sane going through it. So I felt like that's why we were able to ride with you mm-hmm. and slowly see as new things kept happening to you, we were experiencing them with you. Yep. So anyways, your, your accent was great. Yeah, I loved it. It actually, that, that's why when I was editing it, I thought about uh, the, um, the environment around it because the way that it, it actually, Alistair, I always love what he does because he has kind of a, a smokiness to his voice and it's very soothing. Like you listen to it and he just really grabs you like Brooke said and just kind of takes your hand and drags you through the story and you just kind of like, okay, I, I got to follow along because this is great. So yeah, always, always a wonderful job. Thank you very much. Definitely. So uh, Gary, I wanted to ask now, uh, something that kind of, hmm, that I caught and I'm sure people have, but maybe people didn't give it a second thought, but there are certain times where Alistair's character, uh, is almost addressing us as the listener where he says like, I was listening to your podcast. Mm -hmm. And then he also mentions, which I'm pretty 
sure, he's mentioning his character mentions listening to No Way Out, right? Yeah. Because yeah. uh, you're. Yeah, I caught. So, yeah. So what? I, I guess my question more was like, what was that framing kind of about? Like who? I just thought it was so interesting. It was almost like breaking the fourth wall that he's narrating the story. He's going to die in the end, but then he's also telling us about the podcast, almost like, you know, fourth wall breaking. Or it's, It was very meta to me, if that makes sense. How did you come up with that idea? Yeah, I, to be honest, it, it wasn't intentional when I first wrote it. I um, when I wrote it, it obviously was Grey Rooms in mind, but... When, when it came to e- editing the the, the uh, story for the Grey Rooms, when I, when I kind of knew that I was going to submit, I did change a few little things. I did include the way out as like the story on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. But the idea behind that was um, again, it kind of links back to a little bit of personal experience. I used to listen to a lot of podcasts uh, when I used to travel, um, and there are quite a few of them. There's one called I don't even know if it's still going to be honest, but it's really good. One called Anything Ghosts. Um, and this, this this guy called Lex Wall who kind of narrates it, um, and he's got this sort of like breathless sort of um, very creepy voice. You know, he could be uh, or something, but I don't think he's intentionally talking about it. I think that's just his natural voice. Um, but I used to listen to his podcast, and people used to kind of send in self-recorded videos and self-recorded uh, recordings, and they're often often sort of addressing the the podcast sort of directly, you know, so they'd be, hey, Lex, you know, I love your show, but, you know, this scary thing happened to me. And some of them were real dudes, you know, um, that kind of partially inspired the podcast part. Um, but then, as I say, when Grey Rooms came along, I thought I'd make it, I did intentionally make it better and a little bit, you know, sort of linking back to the old episodes and stuff, uh, just because I thought it fit in um, quite well, should it be accepted. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it adds, it kind of just adds to like, I don't know, the the overall um, narrative story of the Grey Rooms itself that you kind of, if you're listening carefully, you can kind of tie the two stories together that way. It's just, I just thought it was very cool. It's very meta. I have no idea how else to explain, but I thought that was really cool once I I seized on that. it was one of my favorite uh, audio edits, actually, that you put in, Jason, as well. Was the uh, the, the the way this the speech was presented um, when they were talking, sort of at the beginning and the end, which was sort of bookended by that recorded message. Yeah. Um, right. I, I, I really liked that. I didn't actually recognize it, it as my voice to start with, because um, you'd put it through, and I was like, "Oh, actually, that, oh, that's me. That's me. I, I remember recording those lines. So yeah, that definitely is me. But that sounds really cool. Yeah, I, uh, I really saying. appreciate that. Yeah, no, I thought it was awesome. Um, it's the, it had the distance to it, you know. I kind of, that's that's mm-hmm. kind of how I, I envisaged it when I was I was writing it. You know, this this person somehow getting this recording to this podcast, um, but they're expending a lot of, I guess, spiritual energy to do it, and that sort of yeah. sort of sort of green distance to it was was really good. Cool. Yeah. I, I, yeah. When I first started reading it, you actually had like a little thing in there, like recording begins, and um. I, I remember sitting there saying, okay, recording begins. What exactly does he mean necessarily by that? I mean, Alistair didn't say it. Nobody ever says anything about it. And I was like, you know what? This person is sending a message from another time or, you know, like you got kind of caught in a loop of something. So this is going to be on a tape deck. So I'm glad y'all like that because I, I honestly, it was part of my favorite part of the uh, story as well was the intro and the outro. I really thought that the way Alistair delivered it at the end 
with the effects of the tape deck really, really was a gut punch. It really brought the, you know, how just dire of a situation it was and how yeah. desperate the character was. So great acting and great story writing really brought all that out. So, yeah. I, I, I agree with that. It could have been so at the end and it was it wasn't and I kind of that's what I liked about it it was even more unnerving I think because of that oh it was horrible to listen to it was just like <laughs> <laughs> what, what's 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 wonderful about like the, uh, doing the grey rooms as a season is that I get scripts um, really far in advance, um, and so I record them, I send them off to you, and then I then you you're working on them for what must be hours and days and to get them sounding wonderfully. But I I no offense to the great writing of Gary Buller, I tend to put them out of my mind and move on to another script. <laughs> so when it comes back to um, listening to things that I, I I've recorded a, a couple of months previous. Um, I don't remember necessarily the moments of recording it. So I got to the end and was like, oh, that's horrible. That is, that is vile. That is horrible and trapped. Um, and yeah. Yeah, so I love the ending of it. Yeah, this is one of my favorites of the season, honestly. I really enjoyed this. Uh, just uh, just uh, how dark just everything about it was. Really just a very somber and horrific ride the whole time. And you're just sitting there on the edge of your seat thinking like, all right, what the heck's going to happen, you know, and then the whole storyline behind that accident of the Great Fires. And then Graham doing the part of the shopkeeper uh, there who making your sandwich, him telling the folklore of, about what happened kind of, you know, sets up the scene in your head. And then, you know, Alistair, you delivered it. You're, you're on the train and then everything just starts to happen. It's really, it's actually a very, it's not, gore in your face texas chainsaw but it's a pretty terrifying and horrific experience to sit through and listen because you know what's happening and it's it was really well done I, this was really fun to do right what one one scene that really stood out for me too um because i grew up taking an actual train as well i grew up in san francisco and not only do they have buses but they have light rail um and the light rail runs on the streets but then also goes down below so you could consider that underground mm -hmm. i guess so i've experienced with all of that and i know the the cramped sardine feeling when you know you're in peak commute hours and there's nowhere to sit and you're all jammed with elbows in your faces and i i get all of that but over the years of me taking the train as a child and then going into teenagehood and whatnot many a times i'd have my ear pods on um fall asleep sitting in the chair and then you're never in a deep sleep. You're in kind of a semi-conscious state because yeah. you are aware that people are moving around you, but it's not, you're not physically paying attention to it. You're technically asleep. And then somehow you always know when to wake up again before your stop. I don't think I ever slept through a stop. But the scene that you wrote where you say, you know, like, you know, he's closing his eyes and he could feel the train was heavy with people, even though he wasn't really aware that there were any people in the train. That really hit me as a spooky feeling because many times I would have closed my eyes. Maybe there was five people to my left and three people to my right. And I close my eyes and I fall asleep. And then I wake up again on the train. And now there's 10 people to my right, but they're all different. And now there's 20 people to my left. And it's just a very kind of brief moment of like, whoa, what's going on? You're waking up in a new place. And that just really encapsulates the fear that I have of riding a train. You did a really good job with that. Same experience. Channeled it from that a little bit, I think. Because, as I said, yeah. I do kind of doze on the train. I do set an alarm, as I said before, but um, just in case. But I tend to have that natural thing to kind of wake up before it anyway. 
But um, you do right. kind of sit, you sort of sat there and you sort of get your ear pods in and you're sort of nodding and you can kind of feel the doors opening and closing and occasionally you'll catch yep. the sound of someone talking and it's a woman, but right. there's any women carriage before you, you know, fell asleep. You become vaguely aware of what's happening around you and that's kind of um, what I was sort of aiming for when I wrote that little bit. I will, right. I will say one of yeah. the most uh, the British parts of the entire story that I found was um, when during that section where he is asleep and he feels someone sit next to him and he's just like, oh, excellent. Another three hours with somebody with really poor personal hygiene, but then just deals with it and goes to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that, that spoke to me. So for someone who used to travel a, a lot on public transport, just like, oh, you stink. But I can't say anything. And I'm not going to move because I'm British. So. I'll, yeah, I'll, that's awful, but I'm going back to my podcast. That's funny. So true. <laughs> so true. It's funny. Oh, yeah. People, shower, clean your <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Again, it's all just testament of, uh, you know, the story writing and the uh, acting and everything. It was really great. It was a really fun story to work on. I loved reading the script. It was, it was actually one that didn't take me very long because uh, unlike some stories, uh, where I have to sit there and really plan out the scene. This one was, well, I mean, it's in a train, so it's kind of, you know, you're in a train, but everything was, it was just laid out so well. And the dominoes just felt just so perfectly. And then Alistair delivered on it. And it was, a, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing it. It didn't take me long. Normally a story takes me anywhere from, you know, three days to close to a week. This one, I think I got done in about two days because it was just, easy to do because it was so powerful i was able to picture every scene before it happened right. I, I really like the uh, this, um, with the uh, in the bakery and you know the sound of the bacon and then you've got rainfall and then you've got you know, getting on the train and um yeah that coupled with uh, with alistair's voice acting um i, I just the if I, if I could describe it of course it'd be great but not kind of like a boring direct <laughs> you know, it's uh, sort of very, very serious, very, you know, um, yeah, yeah, very dismal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's that's what I took from it. But um, yeah, it was a fantastic, uh, fantastically recorded uh, episode. Very, very, very proud of it. Hey, hey, Gary, what did you think about Cassie's artwork? Did that kind of capture the visual, the visuals that you had writing the story? Oh yeah, no, no, that's fine video as well um that was really cool i i showed the uh, the picture to my uh, my daughter and uh, my daughter this is going to be like my story it's going to be on a, a podcast and uh she's like is that your name graffiti on the back of that chair <laughs> she's kind of really, <laughs> done, you know that weird specter you know just in the aisle um really creepy no it, it's absolutely fantastic and i'm really pleased with that um yeah, I'm definitely, it's definitely one I've saved. My, uh, my That's awesome. Before we start heading to the end of the tunnel here, haha, um, I wanted to also ask you, Gary, do you have any fun and exciting things that you're currently working on that you can, can share with us? Can you plug anything here? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm currently quite invested in short, short story collection for um, Unnerving, uh, which is going to be part of the Rewind on Die series. Um, mm -hmm. Just work. It's, it's going to be. Uh, it's called Dead and Breakfast. It's already. Been, 
uh, by Eddie Generous, but it's going to be a collection of uh, four stories, uh, four short stories, and it's going to be kind of a wraparound story around that. So a bit like Tales from the Crypt. Something that's going to happen to these people, we're going to meet this this person, and she's going to tell some stories, and those stories are going to be the short stories, and then this kind of something horrible happens at the very end. But um, I'm, I'm kind of just finishing bits and bobs uh, of that off at the moment, and that should be out on the 20th of June. Um, and I've got a couple, of, a couple of other short stories, obviously, in the uh, in the um, the revolving doors at the moment. Um, right. Imminent at the moment. Besides that. I'll be sure to get links and other relevant information from you this oh, week awesome. so that we can include everything in the show notes. That way fans can find you, yes. you know, oh. your own personal website, all that kind of fun stuff. We want oh. to make sure to get more fans behind you. So Oh no, I really appreciate that. I mean, you know, and yeah. thanks to all you guys for, you know, it's the second podcast. Um, I've been lucky enough to be involved with you. As usual, it's very, very professionally done. Um, you, you yourself have the wraparound story as well, and I find that absolutely fascinating as well. Um, and, and it's something I'm very, very proud of uh, sharing to people. You know, say this is something I've been part of. And yeah, just thanks to everyone, Alistair, Jason, everyone involved. Um, I really appreciate it. No, it was our pleasure, man. It was a really great story to edit. So thank you. Yeah. We we want you for season three. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> I might I might send, send something your way. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, submission yeah. deadline is April eighteenth. So <laughs> cool. you, got, you got time. I give you time. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Gary, for writing something which finished in my hometown. Oh, you're quite welcome. I did that intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way. Great Fire Cemetery is a damn spooky place. I, I've been there a couple of times, so that's that's that's, a, that's actually real. But for the American guys who might not know, the Great Fire Great Fire's uh, Cemetery or Kirkyard is like a famous haunted Kirkyard. You know, it's like well known for like quite a spooky place. Although the train station is not really anywhere near it, um, and that, that, that's a real part. That's cool. Yeah, do, actually, do you, can you take pictures of it and post it? Or sorry, say again. Can you take pictures of that cemetery and post it? Like, are you close to it that you could do that? I'm not. I'll listen to my. I've actually got. Oh, okay. I, have, I have. I have actually got pictures of it though. Be so, oh, okay. <laughs> so I can send them along with me. Which you know, okay. I was just getting ready to say uh, to everybody out there too. Our patrons do get um, videos that we put out. Uh, we actually have Hail Sheriff. Who, yes, related to JM, it does videos for us. And Hale's work is phenomenal. And Alice there actually sent us a bunch of videos of him at the Gravefriars, which was really cool. And we're uh, we're working on those now. Hale's going to put those together, and uh, we're going to have like a really neat video for our uh, patrons to view. And those things may become public, but again, it won't be till later. But you can go ahead and watch those as they're released pretty much now. Um, by going to our Patreon. So we'll make sure Alistair gets a chance to see those too. And you know, I'll make sure Gary can see them as well. But yeah, it's really cool, really cool videos. Really neat stuff. Awesome. Sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great is only about a 10 minute walk from my office, uh, my day job. So I, I was able to just sneak up there after work. 
and uh, took a few pictures and a few videos. So I'm such an eerie set of videos and pictures. They were, dude. It's like you <laughs> look at that place. You're like, oh my god. You can see the history. It it almost looks like it, it almost looks like one of those ones where you turn on the TV and people like those like caught on camera moments where oh yeah you, you know you expect to be walking through the Greyfriars and catch a billion ghosts just sitting around having a tea party because it looks that. What a, oh, lie. what a scary place. Most of Edinburgh looks like that. It's all very it's all very uh, creepy and uh, and old old style uh, architecture. Uh, very very similar to Great Forest Kirkyard. I got to get out there. I have to go there. I'll tell you what. what it's beautiful, man. It's a, Edinburgh's a lovely place. It's a beautiful place to visit. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll hide in your luggage, Jason. Bring me with you. <laughs> just don't come just don't come in August. Don't come. Okay, we'll we'll avoid August. Right, uh, Alistair. Is there Alistair? Is there any um, any fun projects that you're working on uh, other than us fine folks at the Grey Rooms? Podcast? Other than the Grey Rooms, uh, yeah, I've I've got a few bits and bobs coming up with the the Grey Rooms. Obviously, uh, Todd pop, pops up now and again in all the episodes, mm-hmm. which is which I'm having so much fun fleshing him out this season. Um, but obviously, oh, you're amazing at it. It's, oh my gosh. it's, I'm still trying to figure out where the voice comes from because I know it's from 90s kids TV and I can't remember where it's from. <laughs> um, I, I thought it was the BFG, but it's not quite the BFG. It's nearly there. Uh, I'll remember, I'll, well, as soon as I figure it out, I'll, I'll find out who I've ripped it off from because it's not mine. Um, alongside, alongside Grey Room stuff, I'm currently working um, as a guest character uh, for SH Cooper in uh, her podcast, um, Through Stained Glass. Which oh, is a fairy, that's right? The uh, the fairy tale. One yes, story. it's a retelling podcast based on Beauty, uh, and I'm playing uh, uh, a mayor uh, in the town um, for for her, um, and I'm also just starting work on a uh, my first Steam game called Wicked Willow, which is a storybook game, uh, a sort of choose your own adventure game, in which cool. I play a uh, a magic cat. That's Ooh, awesome! Awesome. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll be starting now. recording that next week. That's so cool! You're breaking into video games now. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be good fun. Actually, it's gonna be fun. the the script's really nice. It's uh it's it's also an LGBTQ plus uh, positive mm-hmm. game, which I which is uh, sort oh, of a cause I, I I believe very highly in. So it's it's nice to get behind uh, art which supports. That. That's awesome. Absolutely. Is, is um. Was now back to SH Cooper's podcast. Is that out yet, or that's still coming uh, still out soon? still coming together? Still coming together. Okay, um, got it. Episode got one it. Okay. script is finished. Um, we're we're in the process of recording and editing at the moment. Script for episode two is uh, currently TBC. Um, okay, but uh, it's very much a work in progress at the moment. I don't know what the official release schedule is yet, but as soon as I know, I will okay, be got it. tweeting it. Follow me on Twitter for more. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. For, for yeah, I th- voiceover chat, um, Scottish politics, and terrible, terrible memes. <laughs> <laughs> Which are usually quite awesome. We'll definitely uh, add a bunch of links for, for you and stuff you're doing or future stuff too. We'll, we'll get all that in the show notes as well. Yeah. So. Actually, Gary, I, I didn't remember if I heard you mention it, but you're still, are you still doing your uh, YouTube? Yeah. Sorry, I forgot to plug that. Uh, yeah, I, I watch it periodically. It's pretty good stuff, man. I enjoy it. So don't forget that. Oh, oh thank you. Uh, yeah, it's the uh, the Marquesian Buller show. Um, it's if you check out my Twitter at Gary Buller or um, at 
WC Marchese, M-A-R-C-H-E-S-E, I think it is. Um, you'll see a link for the, the show on there. We do it um, well, we do it every fortnight now, but we usually do two shows a fortnight and we release it every Friday. Um, it's no longer a live show. Like, like this one's kind of a pre-recorded thing. We just decided to tidy it up a little bit. Um, but we discuss everything from um, writing to uh, the new, net, new shows on Netflix to uh, Will does a few silly challenges, you know, like eating really hot potato uh, chips and some really random stuff. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good thing. We get us so well with friends anyway. I'd probably end up talking to him weekly anyway. So um, we thought we may as well record it and get it out there. So yeah, that's still going. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun to watch. It's kind of a variety opinion show. You know, they do reviews and everything else like that. So if you end up, if you have some time to go and you want to check something out, I would recommend it. It's a lot of fun to watch. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait to well, gentlemen, wait to see a Gary Buller story by August uh, by April eighteenth. The deadline nice. for our yeah. office to submit, yes. and I can't wait to see what Alistair is going to bring for season three. So I'm just like, man, <laughs> great. Thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. The sky is the limit. Season three is going to blow season two away, and season two is blowing season one away. So we're just yes, this, this train is rolling along. <laughs> season four is in training. Why am I season, yes. Johnny Cash all of a sudden? It's just in my head. <laughs> well, gentlemen, thank you for joining us today for the Behind the Door. Yes, you um, guys are on the other side of the world from us. Thank you so much. Yeah. Seriously. Nope. Yeah. No problem. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for being thank so accommodating of the time difference. Because as we have to do this in the evening for you, it would be sort of like three in the morning for us. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> thank well. you. Well, it, come season three, you're going to have to work on our schedule. Wink, wink. Oh, yeah. no, no. Yes. That's, that's, that's fine. If you look, can pick look, up the look forward to those 4 a.m. wake-ups. <laughs> Boy, could you imagine some of the commentary we get at 4 in the morning when everybody's like stir-crazy and tired from a day at work? They probably, just imagine what would come out of the mouth then, like just something, something, beans. and yeah. I know. What? Yeah. Be very therapeutic. <laughs> Behind the door after dark. I quite like that. Uh-oh. There's an idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Before yeah, Brooks anyway. closes out, I, I personally, again, I can't thank you enough, Gary, for such a wonderful story. I really loved working on Way Out in last season. And uh, this story definitely, uh, I, I thought that your story last season was phenomenal. And this one, you just really amped it up. It took it to that next level. And the fact that you connected the two yep. together was really cool. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was just a very kind of classic real kind of horror in this story that I just caught myself getting latched onto constantly as I was producing it. And I really had thoroughly had a lot of fun producing it. So thanks for letting me work on your story. And then Alistair, man, come on. I mean, everything Alistair ever sends me, I'm always super excited to get it. And he does such a wonderful job. Um, he's truly a great talent. Everybody that he said that he's working with now, yeah, you, you're you're in luck. You're blessed to have such a great talent as we yep. are here at the gray, uh, the gray Rooms. And I always appreciate working on what you deliver, Alistair. So thank you ever so much. And I wish both of you guys the best of luck. And I hope to work with you for many years to come. And then I'll turn it back over to Brooks, who obviously he knows I love him. So. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. <laughs> yes, thank you, Jason. Yes, I, I just repeat everything Jason said. Gary, your your stories are awesome. Like you're you're so good at 
details without, or maybe I'm saying it backwards. You're so good at descriptions without getting bogged down in details. You, you're, you're just, you're great at yes. painting the blueprint that then Jason came along and was able to make the audio for. So I was, I was just floored by your story from season one, the no way out. I thought, and, you know, and especially given the, the theme that it had, which some people, it's a difficult theme. You did it with tact and it was great. And here we are again with yet another awesome story that is rooted in human evil, not in some really massive monster to run away from or anything like that. So I really appreciated the story. Oh, yep. And oh, Alistair, <laughs> Alistair, to use an American uh, expression, you are the bomb. And I don't mean that you're <laughs> going to blow up either. <laughs> That's a positive thing. Oh. Yeah, Alistair, you're awesome. You're amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing as an actor. We're lucky that we have you to work with. It, it's yes, just sir. great. It's phenomenal. I'm I'm really really grateful for the continued work and uh, and to have stories like Gary's to work on uh, is is yeah. is wonderful. So I'm always appreciative for the opportunities that Grey Rooms has thrown my way as well because uh, I was very much a fledgling when Graham plucked me from obscurity. Um, <laughs> so I'm growing with you. Graham, Graham loves to, to to sing your praises all the time. Yeah. Always, yeah. Yeah. take credit for me. I think is the way he puts it. Yeah. Actually, you got to remember, too, uh, this story wouldn't have been what it is without, um, well, one, the support of Brooks and then Cassie uh, with her phenomenal artwork. Her 100%. Really flesh out the story and just grab onto the soul and just put it in everybody's eyes. Everything that she does is just phenomenal. And then mm -hmm. the soul of a lot of these stories, Mr. J.M. Scherf. We cannot forget yes. his absolute musical powerhouse that he is. And he just, just always makes these stories so phenomenal. So we got to thank those guys, too. And, of course, all of our wonderful patrons. And love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody. Yes, they're very much so. No, thank you, gentlemen. Well, that does it for another episode of Behind the Door. Uh, once again, today we were with author Gary Bowler. We Goodbye. <laughs> we're with the phenomenal actor Alistair Mackey. Don't say Farewell. goodbye. Don't say goodbye. <laughs> it's it's not a goodbye. It's just a temporary reprieve. <laughs> <laughs> Our fantastic producer Jason Wilson. Can I share yes. the door with you guys? It's cold in the water. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jack. <laughs> and me, Brooks Bigley. We love you. Um, thank you. And without further ado that's the end everybody have a great night and we'll see you in two weeks see you later bye, bye. join us each week after every episode for another edition of behind the